This podcast was recorded following prolonged exposure to the wine vortex. Listener discretion is advised. The Exton Moss Experiment. Adventures in wine and space with Simon Exton and Ken Moss. Episode 11. Radiation Antidote. Hello everyone, and welcome to Castrovalva episode 1. Um, we're recording this as an antidote to Threads, which we've just watched as part of our radiation podcast. Now, this is a bit of a wild card really, but we just need something to bring us back down to earth. Yeah, because it was horrific. And... Everybody who knows anything about Threads knows it's horrific and we just need some shiny Doctor Who to get us back to feeling human again. And what better way to get us back to happiness than seeing Tom Baker die? Cheery. But actually, new Doctor Hooray! And a fantastic theme tune. Oh, it is. I really do like this version. Nineteen eighty-two, so predates Threads by a couple of years. So, watching it at this point, we had no idea of the horror that was to come. <laughs> And I think we should make an agreement not to mention threads again. I think we've threaded out now, yes. Now, I must say, the colours on this, they've the, again, a nod to the restoration team, they've really done a good job. And again, look, how appropriate is that? Nissa is running behind doing nothing. <laughs> again, the second time this evening where the security guards have been incredibly old. For security guards. Oh, you mean Space 1999 yeah. and Dad's Army in Space? Yes. See, the Peter Davison era is where the incidental music went all rock. Dudley. Yeah, well, yeah. Because we're about to get a bit of rock music on the way back to the TARDIS here. Um, whoever it is that's frisking Hadrick is doing nothing but touching him up. And it's not impossible there may have been encouragement about that. And cue rock music. Um, It's not exactly rock. No, compared to what we've had before. Dudley Simpson. You're going through the wrong door here, as I remember. Yeah, there we go. Left door instead of right. Yeah, but if they're both open, what's it matter? You see, Nissa remembers what the door control is, but there were at least three door controls used in Logopolis and Keeper of Trarkin. Look, I hope you realise the Doctor's just saved us all from the Master, and now he's going to take off and you'll never have a chance. He really is dreadful, isn't he? Stephen Moffat, in one of the extras for Earthshock, <laughs> said he's, he's not a, a good actor. He's not even a bad actor. 
is just somebody who's wandered onto the set and found to his delight that he's part of the action. Not entirely sure that's how he got the job, but... he's kneeling that may have something more to do with it we can edit this <laughs> that's going in that, uh, that is a... yeah that probably had something to do with it as well anyway Andrew, boys Andrew and girls the switches says the script with precision <laughs> and the producer's instructions the full circle oh it's just getting worse here it looks as if he's done it again says Tegan in the script just while we're in the middle of a lapse and uh, Peter Davison's unravelling the scarf, uh, the latest gin review, I am currently on Edinburgh Gin uh, with rhubarb and ginger ale. Yeah. I'm going to give this, uh, that that's five out of five for me. Um, and I'm currently on the rhubarb and ginger gin without wussing out and diluting with anything. You're just raw and undiluted. On many levels. You're... You're, the, you're having it John Nathan Turner style, just unprotected. What would you give it out of five? Um, I'd give it a four. Come to help find the right. Um, Welcome aboard. I'm the doctor. We really must stop watching Doctor Who after being exposed to the wine vortex. Uh, I, I think the problem is watching in this instance of watching Doctor Who after being exposed to threads, <laughs> which is never, ever going to happen again. <laughs> Twice in my Whoa. lifetime is enough. What does she have hanging off her head? Producer never puts any physical, physical contact between the doctor and female companions. companions. Only Adric. Only Adric. Ding dong. Soon after Davison was cast, attention emerged. And between what he wanted to do with the role and what the producers expected of him. So Adric took up the slack. We should probably stop making Adric comments as well. Wait. Nah. See, Matthew Waterhouse ended up with the president of the Adric, of the Adric fan, club. fan club. Yeah. What are the odds? TARDIS information system ready for entry. With only nine letters of the alphabet. And actually, to be entirely fair, I've met Matthew Waterhouse at a convention. He's a really, really nice person. He was. Yeah. I've met him too. I met him in Newcastle. I oh, no, 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 no. Uh, Swansea, which is a bitch to get to. Wales, get your transport system sorted out. Or it's Wales telling you you don't really want to go to Swansea. And no, having been there, I can't argue with that. Hey, you never know. The president of the Adric fan club may be really, really hot. No? One man's hot is another man's not. I'll give you that. Apparently, this gin brings out the double entendre. We should never watch carry-on films. Actually, that's kind of... Can we do a carry-on? What's the worst that could happen? Well, no, actually, the worst that could happen is watching Threads again. But I have been thinking about segueing into classic British films as well as TV series. Which would include... Carry on. The, the blue lamp. The, yes, carry on. It's this sporting life. Victim, I was thinking of. Don't have it. I have. It's a fantastic film. Miserable, but fantastic. Oh, God, not another one. Oh, different kind of miserable. Uh, Brighton Rock? Jesus Christ. With Pinky and the vitriol. No. 
Can we have something happy? Put on Castro Velva. What more do you want? Castro Velva. Carry on screaming. Carry on screaming, Queen. Really. I think only the one. We're going to have to do this commentary as an extra for something. It is. Well, this this podcast is going to be a the Threads Come Down podcast. There's going to be this, and then there's going to be Dimensions in Time and something completely off the wall. Now you see, I the quite. Clangers. I'm going to say Rainbow. Fireball XL5. Oh. I didn't, actually, I didn't bring Fireball XL5. Have you got Rainbow with you? I've got an episode of Rainbow with me. Yeah. I'm saving it for our kids' TV thing because I've only got one episode of Rainbow. Ah. I've got a Who Done It. With John Pertwee. Yes. It's entertainingly bonkers. It appealed to John Nathan Turner, who had a picture of Peter Davison in his cricketing whites on his office wall. Don't. I'm going to say nothing. Don't want to you know what re- it's stuck to the wall with. Have you read? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, have you heard? Have you read the? It's um, in the stars. <laughs> oh, don't mix threads and gin, boys and girls. Have you threads and anything? Have you read the JNT memoirs? No. If I've still got it upstairs, I've not given it away. You must take it home and read it. Um, there's a there was a book everyone called um, I think it was the J and T memoirs or something like that. It was published a few years ago, and it was a, a collection of anecdotes and memoirs and interviews with people about John Nathan Turner. It doesn't paint him or Gary Downey in a very positive light, but it does give you a different perspective on eighties Doctor Who. It's well worth a read. Oh, I might give that a go. Oh, look. New costume and space wellies. No, no, it's the Hunter's wellies, actually. No, you see, I've always liked that costume. This was He was my first Doctor, really. Oh, you see, mine was Tom Baker. Yeah, and... Um, actually, the first one I remember is John Pertwee. First episode I really remember is um, Spider Six. The first episodes I remember are, um, I think, from the Five Faces of Doctor Who season. I remember the TARDIS falling off a cliff, which presumably is Monster of Peladon, or is it Curse of Peladon? Curse of Peladon. Um, and I also remember. The Doctor with Davros, the fourth Doctor with Davros. Now, that would have been, I would have been very young for Destiny of the Daleks. So I'm presuming it was a repeat of Genesis in the early 80s. Um, but my first real genuine memory of Doctor Who is a visitation and the, the very last scene where Pudding Lane is burning. That's my first memory. Oh, we need to see the visitation. Mm. I love the visitation. I think it was a good move to record this fourth. Because if you watch Four to Doomsday, he's really not uncomfortable, but he's not really found his feet. By this point, he's found his feet. He plays it much better. What does the zero look like? It's the thing with the giant zeros on the wall. It's like Earth after a thunderstorm. I love the Five Doctors. I know you're not a huge fan. I love it. It's the, st- the story that made me a Doctor Who fan. I just think it's a missed opportunity. It's I don't. 
particularly care for the fact they recast William Hartnell. Bit of a mistake. Um, and I'm, I'm well, s- if you're going to have the first Doctor in there, it was kind of the only choice. It what? It works. Um, I think it took until twice upon a time to explain. I think I, I'm now looking at Richard Herndall as a, a mid-regeneration Doctor. And do you actually need to explain it? There have been plenty of other shows that recast, and I don't see a problem with it. It was it was literally twenty years after the the role. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm not knocking Five Doctors. I love it as much as you do. But uh, and I, I really wish Tom Baker hadn't been such an awkward sod about it and just done it. But if he'd been in there, if Romano or whichever they. Um, both Doctor Companions they chose to been in there it would have been they'd have been really tripping over each other they kind of were already anyway question marks wrong way around you see we watched all the telepathy scenes with Sapphire and Steel earlier and they go on far longer than this and this just gets a bit yeah whereas Sapphire and Steel you you glued to the screen with it oh it's the hard on word yeah it does look a little bit aroused Spreading look like the Vitruvian Man, which he isn't. I love the Cloister Bell. The TARDIS Cloister Bell. Imminent disaster. For us? Or worse than that, the TARDIS is in danger. Who's in the console room? Nissa. And Adric. But they, they're still using it in the present day episodes, and it does work. Mm. Have a look. Nissa looking off into the distance and being useless. Hydrogen. Who'd have thought? Abundant element. I like Nyssa on several levels. I don't actively dislike Nyssa. Um, probably don't like her on the same levels that you do. She was underused, though. She w- uh, that could be argued for almost every companion, but what does she ever actually do? Oh, no, I'll grant you. Um, and that's one thing I've got to say in Big Finish's favour. They've plugged that... Nissa fifth doctor gap between time flight and after infinity and actually given her something to do and she becomes an interesting character and all that science background they mine it she stops being a pretty brunette and starts becoming a companion imagine seeing your dad in a bad wig and Where did that come from? Well, that's basically what the master is now. Nissa's dad in a bad wig. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Do you know, I completely forgot, forget about Trimas. Um, Keep of Track and I like, but I don't watch terribly often. This commentary has not been 
it's really just an antidote to threads. So yes, it, it's not typical. Um, we will leave that where it is and uh, take it for what it is, boys and girls. We're, we're not usually this filthy. So, Threads Antidote Part 2, Dimensions in Time. Don't forget your 3D glasses. Let's, oh, let's yes. see this in glorious 3D. To be fair, it does actually work in 3D. The, the effect. It's a year since I've seen it. That still looks like Quentin Wilson to me, not William Hartnell. I don't know who Quentin Wilson is. Used to present Top Gear. Oh, right. I mean, seriously, guys, what was wrong with the the, the McCoy theme tune? What is this? Did Ian Levine have something to do with this? This is... Oh, what was it? Who were they called? Mayday. Mayday. This is an urgent message for all of the doctors. It's vitally important. Now, as far as I understand it, they hung up Tom Baker's costume behind the door of a dressing room before he went into the recording booth to do this in the hope that he would actually put it on because he refused to wear it for the Sharda uh, 92 video release but he came out and he was wearing it I'm glad he was oh Tom even when he's camping it up massively he's still entertaining yes it's difficult to commentate on something we're both absolutely absorbed by. And much as we want to hate it, we're both completely absorbed by it. I, I don't want to hate it. I've never hated Dimensions in Time. I've, I don't, I, you can't take it particularly seriously. And if it buggered things up the same way that um, the five-ish doctors buggered things up, I would hate it, but... Ah, Colin Baker before he... Uh, in actually a better got, script than almost all of his actual yeah. stories. See, you've got to hand it to Pertwee. He just com- <laughs> he commands the speech. You wait till we get on to virtual murder. Um, yes, real trouble with the next line, though. Why did they give him this line? What year is this? this? What year is this? Oh, five years ago. Oh, Susan. I brought... We'll have to do the um, public eye episode that she appears in sometime. It's one of the very few surviving ABC ones, and it's excellent. Not massively cheery, so not one for tonight. Of the ones who came back for this, the one I'm happiest to see is actually Colin Baker. Oh, Miss Slayton. Wearing the dreadful, dreadful Andy Pandy suit. <laughs> the interview that I found with her the other day um, was from 2004 at a convention organised by Mike Hall. I believe you know. I know much. Yeah. And it remains to this day the best convention I've ever been to. It was wonderful. Was that Doctor Who and the Daleks? The, the two. The second one that did. And, um... Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about 
Oh. Oh, Nicola's brought her tits along. Good girl. Uh, there's a van here somewhere. Yeah, it's chasing them. Why? Well, perhaps for the same Beach. reason that Arkelin is. And everybody dance. Let's not. So, Dimensions in, part, in Time Part 2. John Nathan Turner proving that he just can't write. Dead enough. I always liked the Argolin costume. So if I was ever going to cosplay, it would, it would be as an Argolin. Doctor Who cosplay, that is. <laughs> oh, Caroline John. I mean, fair dues, the people they got back to just do the tiniest little bit part in this, brilliant. Was oh, it Fisher? Yeah. Looking older than he does now, somehow. Yeah, that'd be a chemical peel. Ah, the Brig meets Colin Baker. Here we come. That's Greenwich, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, what's going on? Oh, what's your game? It's really any of your Oh, Frank Butcher and his wide eyes. Well, I'll say I'm thrown out, Ludwig. Let's, uh, never drag in. I should be taking it easy. Okay, he Not was dropped. Standing around like some Megaluthian slime skimmer. Who was that terrible woman? That's the Rani. Oh, uh, Victoria. Behind all this confusion and time. Do you know, looking back on this and all the people who've got involved, I'm really, really I, I really don't care. There's no plot whatsoever. It's just a real shame there's so few of the 60s companions. Because there's what? Susan and Victoria, that's it. I assume it's not as easy as it sounds. Of course not. 20 seconds. I must try. Who is it who broke their arm before this? Was it Debbie Watling? Yes. Right, now this is way, way off. We're doing Search Out Science, which is from the early 90s, and features Sylvester McCoy in character as the Doctor. Superior powers of 
Seems a bizarre choice of thing to use for um, beyond the producers being Doctor Who fans. By this point, it was at least three years cancelled. How long before Big Finish make this into an audio so that it's canon? I'm kind of surprised they haven't already. Uh, no, I'm kind of surprised Dave McEntee hasn't already written a book about it. <laughs> You've really got it down on Dave Mack. No, I don't. He's a really, really good writer. But he and Gary Russell, when they were doing the um, the Virgin books and the BBC books, was it was literally uh, territory marking. So one of them had to do the first Doctor only Doctorless Doctorless novel. novel. One of them had to do the first novel with a um, a new companion. One of them had to do the first novel with a um, one of the comic compa- comic book companions. It was all. Oh, there's something that hasn't, hasn't been done before. I have to mark my territory on it, even if it's a fairly Welcome awful book. But I, I really do enjoy the majority of David McEntee's writing. I was trying to think of the... Um, was it Mission Impractical, which was with Frobisher and Savalon Blitz? Quite enjoyed that. And um, Face of the Enemy, which was the... I think that was the the first Doctorless novel that you're referring to. It wasn't actually, it was the um, Who Shot Kennedy. Oh, I've not read it yet. I've got it upstairs, I've not read it. it it's good. And who was it that did the one that where Dodo gets all, all the STDs and dies? Oh, I th- isn't that Who Killed Kennedy? I think no. it's in there. Dodo dies in Who Kills Kennedy, I think. Doesn't she get all the rampant STDs in The Man in the Velvet Mask? Not read it. I'm one of those awful people that's got the books but have not read them all. I don't remember it being particularly I've, I've got to hand it to McCoy. He's an excellent performer. <clears throat> yeah, he's a terrible actor, but is it t- Catherine Tate's like that. She's an excellent comedian, but she's a dreadful actress. Oh, no, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna have that the other way around. Now, bear in mind. I've never seen, or I hadn't until Doctor Who, I'd never seen the Catherine Tate show. The Catherine Tate, Tate show is one of those things where you watch an episode and it, it, it's like the fast show. An episode is really funny. The next episode is exactly the same jokes all over again. But she, she is very funny. She's not an actress. Do you know, and the thing that proves that is the end of Silence in the Library, where she's supposed to be saying goodbye to her children, that she believes are her children, and she's never going to see again, and there is no emotion in it whatsoever. The whole ranty-shouty thing she does very well, which is 99% of Donna's performance, but the 1% where she actually has to show some emotion... She falls on her ass. I'll have to rewatch Silence in the Library. Um, I did not have a single problem with her performance as Donna Noble. Um, I had a major problem with her, the, the Catherine Tate show. I thought it was utter shit. That, and it's very rare that I'll describe something that badly. It was terrible. Really? Yeah, I hated it. I saw that after Doctor Who. Yeah, because. It, it's one of the. I mean, it, it's not the, the best comedy show in the world, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't have said it was that awful. It's like an awful lot of sketch comedy of that era. It's very, very repetitive because it's all yeah. 
catchphrase driven, which is kind of going back to the comedy tradition of the 1950s before things like Monty Python came along. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. This isn't great. It's terrible. But, I mean, he's giving it everything, Sylvester, but he's not got a lot to work with, to be fair. That's true. And Sophie's doing very well. And mm. actually, whoever it is that's the other presenter is doing well. It's just the show is awful. This is a radio oh, the Faros Project. And this huge aerial picks up the signals and feeds them into a computer. Although, in contrast to Tom Baker, they've actually got her to climb it. Try this. The limoncello. Oh, cheers. Homemade limoncello, boys and girls. It's courtesy of my sister. It's a little bitter. It's not as sharp as I thought. It's very nice. Mm. Well, I've got a litre of it in the kitchen. So. Oh, well. Skull. Oh, God, this is going on longer than Dimensions in Time. The DVD does come with an off switch. It does, but we're committed now. See, the thing, again, the only reason that we are even watching this is because we're Doctor Who fans. And even we are not interested. Now, this is two years, three years after the programme was cancelled. You're putting this onto an audience that may not even know what Doctor Who is by this point. I mean, the other corollary is that we've had a lot to drink. That should make it better, shouldn't we? And we watched Threads. Oh. <clears throat> this is supposed to be the antidote, and so far... Castrovalva, yes. Dimensions in Time. Time, yes. They're undoing the hurt. This, not so much. Oh dear God! They've even got the th- they've got the canine theme. What on earth? Ian Levine must have been laughing his cock off. Royalties. Why are his ears pointing in the wrong direction? I don't know. And now they're not. Yeah, they are. One no, is one. Now isn't. they're pointing forwards before they weren't. Oh, this is so terrible. Oh, dear God. <laughs> you never fucking know the answer when it's important. <laughs> Have you seen that outtake? What, what outtake? With Tom Bay, I think it's from Stone to Blood or something where K9 says in, insufficient data. And Tom Baker says, yeah, you never fucking know the answer when it's important. <laughs> How can you expect K9 to play snooker? Have seen lost K9? I'm getting too hot. My exactly equipped for it. Oh god, oh, god. it's, it's still going on. Oh thank god for that. Have you paid for those Daleks on that animation? That was dreadful. Well, boys and girls, um, I think... I was oh, say, 1990! Oh, so it's only a few months after it was... I was going to say, can I choose something now? Recognising that the last thing I chose was Threads. No, you can't. This is a podcast of the Blu-ray version of 
Ark in Space from the box set of season 12. We're just actually admiring the title screen before we actually play the episode. The effort that has gone into this. Tom Baker has introduced the disc. This in itself is enough to get us both excited. The details of the the TARDIS console room walls and the TARDIS console itself are just absolutely fantastic, even down to light reflections on the console, it, its console panels itself just look amazing. And this is before we even start the episode. Should we play episode one? Let's play episode I one. I cannot wait. Uh, boys and girls, episode one of The Ark in Space. It's the, it's vo- the vortex, it's the, the sound of my childhood. Look at the quality of it, even the title sequence. Oh my god. Look how crisp that it's is. never It can't have been transmitted like this. The only trouble is, with it being this crystal clear, the original model shots look terrible. And actually the new CGI ones, or the, the updated CGI ones, don't look that great. Oh no, they don't, they don't. And I'm actually quite keen on newer, new CGI effects. They're, well, they'd be fine if they were up to new series CGI effects level. Um, well... I don't know, the one I first off think of when it comes to that is Kinder. Yeah. yeah. You're a clumsy, ham-fisted idiot. Sorry, did I? What? Oh, I do like Sarah. I'm just looking at this through 1975 eyes. After John Pertwee, isn't it? Oh, you see. Fantastic. Oh. The lights have come up and I just looks amazing. I've never seen anything quite like it. Oh. Hopefully this sells well enough for them to do other series like that. I really hope so. It seems to work now anyway. Can you imagine Talents of Wayne Chang or Pyramids of Mars remastered like this? Oh my god. They've really put the effort in. But even him as the Doctor. Bear in mind, this is the first off-world story with him as the Doctor. He's marvellous. My first really, really clear memory of watching Doctor Who is Dark in Space. My first memory is Planet Spider 6 and the, the, the cave. Isn't it awful to think that neither companion is no longer with us? I swear she didn't go out that way. Particularly Elizabeth Slade. How can she be dead? She's so young. We were all young when we were that age. Me? Oh, and Ian Marta is doing such good over-breathing acting here. There is a wonderful scene where he, they lay her on a bed and Ian Marta, bless him, 
pulls down her skirt. It is quite. He's, it's rather sweet, actually. It's much better watching these full of gin. Everything is better full of gin. Oh, he's about to get out his sonic screwdriver. God bless him. Oh my God! How how good! I, it's marvelous. I got the DVDs a couple of weeks ago, and I haven't. Other than check that they worked, I haven't properly watched them. It looks incredible. I didn't think Blue Road would make too much of a difference because they're not on film. Huge difference. But we see they're not compressed as much. And the audio is a lot crisper. Oh, it and is. I, and I, I know that's not a consequence of of it being Blu-ray. Yeah, it is. We see Blu-ray is only the storage medium, this, but they've clearly remixed it for, if not Ceres. Pull the skirt down. There we go. Oh, he was just on top of his game from word go, wasn't it? Tom Beck has never been my favourite doctor, but he has always been. Bang on. You see, Tom Baker has always been my my first doctor. Oh, hate brandy. Hate brandy, and she claims to be from Liverpool. <laughs> Fantastic. Welcome, sister. Welcome. Oh, this is the greeting citizen volunteer. It is indeed. We should watch Invasion of the Dinosaurs at some point. If you've got it, but not here. I have all of them. Those chairs are terribly 70s. <laughs> I do like the fact that she gives a little wave at that. <laughs> the completely unlabeled thing that could be anything. Could be anything. However, ka-chow. Somebody who has apparently never thrown a cricket ball. I can say that that was a, the worst cricket throw I've ever seen in my life. He is brilliant as the Doctor. This is only his second story. This is a sterile area. These are good sets, they look great. Okay, they're, they're not the quality of the Space 1999 that we saw before. Yeah, but they're not a million miles off. If they were done on film. Oh God, if they were done on film and we had the picture quality of um, the Spearhead in Space DVDs. But even having said that, this looks fantastic. So I have to say, I adore this period of Doctor Who. It's before I was born. There's a feel to it and a... Oh, an ethos to it. It's just better than what came after it. And I hate to say that because it sounds awfully up itself and retro, but I love this period of Doctor Who. You see, early... Mid Tom Baker is really my era of Doctor Who. It, it's not the era that turned me into a fan, but it's the era I remember growing up with. And it was, it was the fourth Doctor and Sarah Jane. It was the fourth Doctor and Leela. It was the fourth Doctor and the first Romana. That was my era. 
Chico. That and really? poached uh, egg on toast. Because <laughs> my parents always always worked. Not every weekend, but almost every weekend. So my sister and I used to get looked after by our grandparents. And at the end, five twenty-five, generally, when well, Doctor Who was on, and mum and dad were still working then. So it was normally about six, half six by the time they came along. So Doctor Who I watched with my grandmother. Look at the state of the picture quality, even from the DVD. If we're to assume that some great cataclysm struck Earth, and that before the end they lost his life... I absolutely love that quote. It's not. It's nothing to do with your influence. Yes, it's my, mine. It's entirely my influence, Harry. <laughs> Don't take any credit for it. It's entirely down to my influence. And here it comes: the speech Old to boy. end all speeches in Doctor Who. Second best, I would say. Apart from, there are some corners of the universe that have bred the most terrible things. Things, things that act f- against f- everything f- that we believe in. They, they must, must be fought. That's just, not just my favourite quote from Doctor Who, that's about my favourite quote. Of all time. Homo sapiens. Homo sapiens. An invincible species. Harry doesn't have his stethoscope with him. It's going to be a few million years since they crawled up out of the mud and learned to walk. Puny, defenceless bipeds. Both of you have extras in those cells. Flood, yeah. Famine and plague. They've survived cosmic wars and holocausts. Now, here they are, out among the stars, waiting to begin a new life, ready to upset eternity. They're indomitable. Indomitable. So he's using an oris. He's using an instrument to look at the ears. Look at somebody's eyes. Ah, a trail of cotton wool, Harry, coloured green. One of them appears to be a midget. Yes. Well, not everybody can be the same size, Harry. Oh my, this is Sarah Jane. What would a resuscitation unit look like? Very like an oxygen cylinder. Q end credits. Oh, that, that looks fantastic. Isn't it wonderful. Wonderful. God bless the BBC for doing a really, really good restoration job. Exton Moss experiment featured Simon Exton and Ken Moss, and the title music was performed by the BBC Symphony Orchestra. All featured television soundtracks are the property of their respective producers, and no infringement of copyright is intended. The programme was recorded in Rushton, Lancashire, and produced by Maverick Productions.
For more information, please visit our website at extonmossexperiment.blogspot.com or find us on Facebook.